Hey, don't play with me, play with your bitch. Let's go. Don't play with me. Don't do that. Play with your bitch. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Back to another episode of Hypothetically Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Robinson, aka Mike Laurie. Damn, that nigga didn't miss yet. Who is that nigga? Damn, you left him open again? <laughs> and next to me is my co-host, my brother. Warren Smith and the other podcast host, a.k.a. Song High, a.k.a. Throw It Up, I'm Always Open, a.k.a. Shit, Stop Playing With Me. <laughs> but, hey, man, we got a very special guest on today's episode. We got my mentor, you know what I'm yes, saying, the one, the only, Anthony Kimball. What's up, what's up? Yo, definitely got a very special guest for y'all, man, hey. Y'all don't even know, man. This man does it all. He does it all. <laughs> this man does it all, bro. Y'all, we gonna get into it in the episode, but we definitely appreciate you for coming out. You know, for what I'm sure. And and being a guest on this on the, on our episode, hypothetically speaking, man. Oh man, looking forward to it. Cause it's we just we gotta keep it rolling. That momentum <laughs> gotta keep it going. Bro, we, we definitely gotta keep. It we going. lit right now. Nah, facts. Episode so, four, crazy. Episode three was crazy. Episode five, even crazy. So it's like. Man, we got straight heat. We trying to keep straight heat with our guests. No offense to anybody that's not on the podcast, but you know, you got to have that heat to be on the podcast, man. Ain't no offense. <laughs> I mean, ain't no offense. Fuck it. Nah, for real, for real. But I mean, we, we all know Anthony. Well, you know what I'm saying? Out here in, in, the, in the realm that we in, he does a lot of things in the real estate world. Um, major things in the real estate world. Big, big development projects going on. Uh, Shoot, I mean, I don't even want to elaborate too much. I don't know what I can and can't say about this project. So, <laughs> hey, just know he he that guy, man. He that guy for real. So, appreciate you for coming out, Anthony, man. In the greater Baton Rouge area. In the greater Baton Rouge area, area, for sure. So, they didn't say his location at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, the greater Baton Rouge area. But, that man, he got a footprint everywhere, for real. That boy be well, in Houston. True. That boy be... Yeah, we're trying to figure out Houston right now. Got some stuff in New Orleans. Um, looking at San Antonio right now. So... Um, moving around, looking for, um, you know, where's the next great opportunity at? Yeah, boy, got a footprint everywhere. But, you know, a little bit outside of real estate, though. I mean, we all, everybody that knows Anthony Kimball knows he does real estate, knows he does development, knows he's that guy in that arena. Who are you, who are you outside of real estate? I mean, outside of real estate, um, my mom and dad's kid. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I mean... I, um, just a person that, you know, definitely, um, that I feel I'm walking in my purpose. Um, you know, I know what my purpose is, you know, right. I look at my purpose as, you know, um, you know, it's not just real estate. This is about, you know, resources for me and, um, mm-hmm. you know, bringing resources in the community of folks that look, that look like us. Yeah. Um, so right. that's, that's critical, you know, whether it's real estate investing, um, you know, what I do on the, the, the nonprofit side with, uh, youth basketball, youth football, um, but for me, it's, you know, I'm a person that uh, looks to walk in my purpose and figure out ways that uh, I can act, impact people and empower people, um, you know, in the communities, you know, that look like, you know, people look like me. Facts. And that's dope. That's dope for you. You said a mouthful there about a lot of stuff that you do. Um, We're going to dive into that in a second. So one thing, you know what I'm saying, with all of that stuff, like who was one of your greatest influences in life that kind of got you into all of that stuff? I mean, I had a lot of great mentors. You know, I'm not a, a big on, you know, I'm self-made. I did it all on my own, you know, right. from the early on in my life. I mean, birth, I mean, my mother was, you know, there for me. Um, you know, um, my dad's, you know, been a, a great influence in my in my life. Um, I was adopted by my dad um, after he married my mom. Um, so with that being said, you know, someone came in my life and, you know, did their best to, you know, empower me and, and impact me positively. And, you know, I'm uh, forever grateful 
um, for him for that. So, you know, my parents, um, both mom and dad, were, you know, huge impacts on my life because I feel like um, my parents were very intentional, and that's a word I, I use a ton. But my parents were very intentional about putting things in place um, that set me up to be successful in life. And, you know, for that, I'm forever grateful um, to them. And I would say, you know, outside of immediate family, another person for me um, was uh, Collis Temple Jr. Mm. Um, you know, one of my close friends, Garrett, one of his dad. Um, but uh, he helped me get me into the high school. I went to university high school, played AAU for him also. Um, but he was one of the first um, people that looked like me as a, a melanated person that um, I saw you know, own businesses, own you know, um, property. And he yeah. not only you know, did that, he explained how he did that to us. And, um, you know, he's still a mentor of mine to this day um, right. in real estate and business and, and other things, um, personal also. Um, and he, so he's a person I'm, you know, forever grateful for, and that made a, you know, truly, you know, impact on my life growing up and still is making an impact on my life to this day. That's dope. That's dope for real. And damn, you said you got, y'all play AAU. Who was on that team? He already man. said Garrett. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, I, I would make the argument that, you know, I played on the, the, the probably one of the most talented AAU teams to, you know, uh, come through Louisiana. So, um. I didn't. I'm not gonna say I was a star on that team at all. You know, I played my role. You know, I'm a, and to this day, you know, I think you know sports taught me a huge thing. You know, growing up, you know, I, I played football in college about playing your role. But um, that AU team, you know, we had Garrett Temple, we had Flint Big Baby Davis, we had you know, David Gomez who played at at um, Tulane. Um, so that you know, Curtis West played at Redemptress. Um Yeah, we had we had some we had some guys on that team. Was it loaded? Yeah, early Doucette that played at LSU in football. Oh, so, yeah, yeah we had some. Tasman yeah. Mitchell was also on that team. He was a year younger than us, than us but he was, you know. Was Tyrus Thomas on that team, too? Tyrus played with us a couple of tournaments, but Tyrus most, mostly played with the Dream Team. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, he mostly played, but he did play. Uh, him and Martin Zeno did play, you know, from time to time with us. But the real core of that team, you know, definitely was Big Baby, David with Gomez, Tasman, Curtis Garrett. You know, those guys were, you know, definitely um, the core of that team. That's crazy. That's well stacked. Stacked. Stack, you, know, like, you know what's even crazy, though? Know, he played basketball. I don't know nothing about his basketball career. This man went to Stanford for football. <laughs> yeah. Man, how, crazy. How, a lot of people didn't know I, like, really played. You know, people. a lot of people more known. I was more known for being on, um, especially that basketball team at U-High with Big Baby and Gary and those guys. So, you know, that's definitely what got more notoriety. Um, but I ended up, you know, getting a, a football scholarship in college to Stanford. So, you know. Started three years at Stanford, you know, was able to get my degree, science, technology, and society, um, you know, and that's, you know, set me up to, you know, put me where I'm at um, in life today. That's pretty dope. Talk about what was that transition like from high school to college? So, I mean, Stanford is not in Cali. I'm talking about very, very, I know it's got to be a culture shock coming from Baton Rouge, the area, oh, the people sure. we around, the, the yeah. stuff that we do, and then you go out to Cali. Going to Stanford specifically, you know what I'm saying, when people got you know, mamas and daddies with, with hedge funds and stuff that they, they, that they stock own. Stock portfolio. Yeah, stock portfolio, everything. Yeah, I always tell people, um, you know, one thing about Stanford, uh, it, it made me, it showed me a different level of wealth um, mm. than what I saw, you know, in, in Louisiana. You know, growing up, you had a couple million dollars. To me, you know, you're rich. Mm. Um, when I went to school at Stanford, I was able to, you know, interact people who were truly wealthy. Um, you know, that's one thing, you know, that it was a blessing by going, being able to interact um, within that network. Um, the transition um, definitely was interesting. Um, the Bay Area is very different from Louisiana. 
Um, I went to a high school that was on a college campus, so I already had a, uh, of what college was, which Stanford was very different from uh, what LSU is as, as college partying, yeah. you know, the size of the school, those type of things. So being that far away from, you know, parents, close friends, definitely, oh, um, you know, was tough, you know what I mean? But I was a kid that was blessed growing up, you know, whether it's with my parents or, you know, through uh, AAU basketball, I did a ton of traveling. So I had been places already, so, um, but that was my first time. My recruiting visit was my, was my first time to California, you know, and then moving to California was the first time ever living outside of Louisiana. So um, definitely huge adjustment, but, you know, the, those uh, those type of experiences teaches you a lot first, you know, about yourself and also, you know, uh, relationships with other people. Yeah, because yeah. you're in a whole new state. So. Whole new state, whole new. What made you pick Stanford? Um, man, for me it's um, – I understood the value of education and my parents understood the value of education and was able to explain to me, you know, and make me understand what going to an institute like Stanford um, would do, you know, for, you know, me personally, for my network and stuff like that. And uh, academics were, um, you know, huge for, you know, myself, my family. And I, I, like I said, I wasn't you know, a huge, you know, basketball star didn't really take football serious to like my junior year. So yeah, I wasn't a, a five-star kid and stuff like yeah. that. So uh, for me, it was about figuring out what was the best opportunity to, um, to set me up for life. Cause truly like professional athletics really wasn't my end all be all. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I was capable of doing other things with my life. It was just a gateway. Yeah, yeah, it was means yeah. to an end. Yeah. And that was one of the things I was gonna maximize, um, you know, what it, that opportunity was. Yeah. So like, you know, I had this opportunity to play Division One football. I'm gonna maximize it and make the best of it. Um, but like, you know, that wasn't, you know, going to the NFL wasn't like a metric for like success for me. Yeah. Did you go to the NFL though? So got um, went undrafted. So I did a full off season camp and all that with the Dolphins. Got cut there. Then did some time with the Jets. Um, never, you know, had an actual uh, regular season carry, but spent all spent the off season and preseason went on with with those two organizations. Oh, the bag's probably still the same, so it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> right, we didn't really make a lot of money. Uh -huh. You know, you don't make a lot of money, uh, especially as an undrafted free agent. You're really just mostly getting paid to work out. I mean, you know, it's it's still, you know, better than what a, a lot of people probably, you know, making their day job. But right. it wasn't like, you know, crazy amounts of money or anything like that. That I mean, I spent that while I was in Miami, you know what I mean? <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit, Miami for sure, and yeah. Miami expensive too. But um, not as dope. So like, you was just so when you when you was going to the NFL, was you actually trying to make it in the league? Because I know you say it was just a means to an end. Because I know you said you had other things planned. Yeah, I mean, I, I gave it. I felt like I gave it at the time what I thought was my best shot. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? There's things looking back when you go analyze and understand like your mindset and you know different things you're experiencing in life. Um, but you know, uh, it, it wasn't for me like. I needed that to feel complete also. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I gave him my best shot, you know, did as best I could do that offseason with Miami when I got released, got picked up by the Jets, you know, in that situation, three, four weeks, did, gave it my best effort then. Right. And, and, like, from there, I was like, man, I'm tired of getting fired. So <laughs> I got to go and figure out, do something, you know, what else I can, you know, do with my life. Yeah. yeah. What did that end up being? So went from football to um, Accenture. Um, so uh, I was in um, consulting. Okay. Um, so did the consulting thing, uh, was staffed at a project in Houston. So that took me from, you know, after trying to figure out a ball, move back home a couple of months, then I moved out to Houston um, to work out, work for Accenture. So, you know, like 24 at the time. 
So, um, you know, that was my intro to, to the corporate world, um, working at a, a client, you know, my client was Chevron. So working, you know, Chevron corporate downtown Houston, you know, so, um, whole nother experience taught me a lot about what the corporate world was right. and, you know, what, you know, also showed me that was really wasn't the path I wanted to, you know, take, um, you know, really for my career and what I wanted to do, um, on, for my day job, I guess. Right. Do you think Stanford prepared you properly for like the work, like the workforce? I would say, um, I mean, college college teaches you about networking, interaction with people, yeah. um, things like that. So I would say, you know, Stanford did teach me, you know, because at the end of the day, the corporate world was predominantly white. You yeah. know, Stanford was predominantly white, <laughs> yeah. you know, and very, you know, you know, also, you know, high lot, with lots of Asians. So, you know, those are the people I, I, you know, were interacting with in the corporate world. So um, it definitely taught me a lot about those, you know, relationships, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. people it's from different races, people from different parts of the right. country. Um, so, yeah, I would say definitely Stanford um, prepared me in that that regard. And, I mean, one of the reasons I was able to get that job was because of an internship I had at college. And my boss at the time he had a connection at, at Accenture, you know, and he was able to make some calls. And, you know, I came out of school and... 2008, 2009, um, heart of the recession. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like everyone was just hiring. So because of that, you know, network that I was able to gain at Stanford through my internship, um, I was then able to, you know, gain employment, you know, right. at a super solid job when not a lot of people were getting hired. Yeah, that's dope. I definitely wish I would have did some internships in college. Definitely did not There's do that. I think about that at <laughs> all. Not. I, was, I was focused on sports, even yeah. though, you know. But what's crazy is um, – how do you feel about college now, like as an institution? Like for me, I don't really, unless you're going like to be a doctor, doctor or a lawyer or something surgeon, like that, I don't really crazy. see the, the benefits of college. What would you say? How do you feel about college? I mean, college, I tell people all the time, you know, got my undergrad at Stanford, graduate grad school at Tulane and sustainable real estate. But, you know, the, my situation was unique and it wasn't what everybody else's situation was. Right. I didn't pay yeah. for my, my undergrad. Right. Um, um, so with that being said, I, I'm a person that truly believes college is not for everyone. Um, everyone has their own path. Um, and that path doesn't always mean going to school. I think, you know, we need to look at trades and some of these things um, where you can, you know, instead of that critical time from 18 to 24, you're going getting in debt and still not figuring out what you want to do right. and not really even learning any uh, skills Start off doing a trade and, and, you know, now from 18 to 24, at least you're making some money. But as I figure out the things I like doing, um, I now have some resources to be able to push that forward. Um, So I think it's um, like I I, I said earlier, you know, going back to that word intentional. um, I think one thing is from um, a parental parental standpoint, uh, especially looking at talking about the community of folks like us, um, we need to realize our kids are not grown at 18. Ah, uh, yeah, um, that's a fact. And being able to un- also understand that and be intentional about setting our kids up to have options on what um, they're able to do. And then when they figure that out, being able to show them resources and provide them yeah. resources or connect them to resources to now take that, you know, from an ideal to something that's being executed. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a critical part to understand that as parents, you know, we have a, a role and as kids, they have a role and that that path may be college, that path may be going learn a trade, that path might be taking time off and going travel and getting new perspective. Yeah. Um, but all of those things 
um, bring value and um, and also lead you to right. um, what you do, what you want to do. Right. Speaking of um, being a kid still, eighteen, and parents in our community, especially trying to adultify sixteen, basically in high school and up, trying to adultify kids when they legit just kid. That's big in our community. For sure, because it's like once you turn eighteen, it's like nigga, what you about to do? Yeah, like what's your like I mean, your your parents seem like they had intentions on like always looking out for you. Some parents, like most parent most in our community, most kids probably have mistakes. Are like they weren't playing kids, so uh, it's like uh, it's. Uh, I really think you know not to cut you off. I think it comes down to to resources and abundance. And yeah. I say that I, when I talk about abundance, I'm, I'm in the sense of having enough to provide for yourself. And then use that those that abundance to empower those around you. Um, but the reality of most of the people, the most of the situations we're talking about, in a sense of hey, man, you eighteen, time to get the fuck. Yeah. Um, it's because like I don't have a I don't have enough resources to take care of myself. Yeah. So really, I'm scraping by to take okay. care of self yeah. and kids. So soon as it's socially and legally accepted right. to say, hey, man, I need you to get that's the fuck. Lifted, so yeah. yeah, and get this weight off of me. I'm going to do it. And really, that's what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, and my parents did what they could with the resources they had. You know, they just didn't have a ton of resources. And to, you know, the blessing of, to them and me, I was in a situation at Stanford on full scholarship where, like, I didn't need a lot because right. we were being taken care of um, um, through school and the, the, those folks that we worked for in our internships. But at the end of the day, when I understand as a parent that it's my responsibility to create abundance and then use these resources that I create to empower my kid and being intentional about that. Yeah. And then my kid understands what their responsibility is and their end of the bargain. Yeah. And we were, you know, and it is it's it's all it's all business. That's just family business. Yeah. And, you know, the mo the reality is that just at most of our dinner tables, we're not sitting down and talking about you know that strategy and oh, like yeah. being intentional about that and putting that play together where we're all working together but other races are doing it and um, there's you know people that look like us that are doing, doing it yeah we just sure. have to get more of us you know understanding like that's what the responsibility is yeah got to get out of get out of a survival mindset yeah you got to get out of our own way for sure what's crazy about that is though like i was i said this like a couple episodes ago um I think it's like how you were saying the the perspectives and the horizon that people have too, because like you have some people that do have not necessarily an abundance, but they have enough to be able to maintain and keep in their good. Mm -hmm. But um, they also don't, but they don't have the education or the knowledge to understand like give this kid a broad perspective or a broad um, variety a variety of different things to do. So like growing up, all I really knew was like doctor, lawyer, you know, what I'm saying school teacher maybe, but like I ain't really know nothing about real estate or no trades or this and that. So how would you? How do you think we can go about integrating that and giving that perspective um, to more people in our community? And really understanding that strategy comes with all that, you know, and going back to what you just said about some, uh, there, not a lot, but there are kids in our, you know, community that are mistakes. And mm -hmm. most of the, there, I would say the majority of the time, what I see people are not, people don't really plan to have kids, you know, and right. like, and to me, that's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? That like, you know, like something that that's that's big of a responsibility yeah. that you're really not planning this out. And like, how can we, you know, um, change that narrative is understanding that having a kid, raising a kid and giving kids all of those different perspectives and all mm -hmm. of those different tools and resources 
is your responsibility as a parent. Right. And then going, gain the knowledge needed to do that, and then applying that to raising your kid to yeah. say, understand that, hey, my kid needs to understand, like, hey, you know, how interacting with this community or interacting with this community is. So, hey, I'm intentionally going to put him in a summer camp with, you know, kids maybe that don't look like him. So, and uh, but then being able to explain to my kid, this is the reason why we're doing yeah. this. If we are going to college and you, you can get into a place like Harvard, I'm sending you there, hey, to one, you know, gain knowledge, but two, Man, you need to go meet who, who your wife's going to probably be. You need to go meet who your business partners are yeah. and gain their network and be able to take resources from their community and bring it back to our family and our community. Right. And, yes. and understand that's all part of the plan. So if, hey, we're in a position where, hey, you can go take four years and live in Boston and, you know, gain a network and we got the money to do that, hey, Carver might make sense. Yeah. yeah, that's dope. Cause um, my dad actually did that for me when I was younger, and I didn't really understand it or realize it until um, I got a little bit older. But like when I was younger, you know, I went to all black high school, went to Southern Lab. But during the summers, he would send me a summer camp at LSU. So like all all white kids around you now. So like it's a it's a totally different environment, totally different. Um, you know what I'm saying? Teaching environment from the teachers to the, the way the kids interact. Like it's just a whole different shift of perspective oh, for yeah, me y'all different um, i ain't see my first white kid till i freshman year of high school so <laughs> you ain't see your first white no, kid i had white year. teachers i had no white uh classmates yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, and, and like in a situation like that one is, is being able to explain to our kids because a lot of times you know in the black community we see the kid, the kid going to camp with all the white kids or you know even from the parents' perspective, it might be, and, and we've seen this a lot in our community, it's like white's right, and like, if we get to go with do, do that with the white people, we better yeah. than everything. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just saying, and it, I think it's being able to explain, like, we don't think we're better than anyone. Right. We're just going to understand how to interact with you, you know, and, right, and, right. Do, and do business with these folks. Yeah. Cause like, at the end of the day, like, you're gonna need that one day because yeah. most white, if you're doing business in the business world, like, you're gonna have to interact with white people. Yeah. That's for sure. That's fact. You know what I mean? Like, legit uh, fact. So, like, you know what I mean? My pops always said you're going to have to learn how to operate around them. You ain't got to like everybody, but you need to know how to operate around yeah. them. You know what I mean? So, I think it can be a thing of uh, what I call black flight. You know, what we've seen in our communities, you know, 80s and 90s when we followed white people to the suburbs and saying living in the suburbs is what is right, and that's where we need to be. But I think it's, it's one of those things. You don't have to go that far, but you – you know, being able to put yourself in situations where you can gain different experiences and perspectives, mm. man, that, that's very important. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's all what I'm all about, honestly. So yeah, reference points definitely go a very long way in in how you view things. You know what I mean? Like if you have a broader perspective or and a bunch of different, you know what I'm saying, um, viewpoints on on a situation, you're gonna see it totally different than somebody who's only had this one perspective their whole life. So I mean, the outcome changes drastically when you when you're able to do that. So for sure. Um, being able to have that insight from different areas, definitely. Yeah, speaking of those like reference points and intent, intent being intentional, will help you get to the next level. And like, will help you. What made you say I'm gonna start like a real estate real estate company? Um, I mean, really about ownership. I mean, when when it came to real estate, it was just big about ownership, and you know that, that was a product that I understood how to gain ownership of, and you know. If it needs some rehab, you know, I, I've seen my parents rehab property. So it was a product and a process I understood. Yeah. Um, so that's what really made real estate. And, you know, and then going from there to the, you know, I, I look at education and housing as two of the, like the biggest impacts on people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, 
I mean, so with me, real estate was just a way to be able to positively, you know, make an impact on people. Yeah, and we definitely see you doing that now, especially in the South Baton Rouge community. Um, a lot of development, a lot of resources, a lot of giving back to the people around that here. That's a historic black community. Right? This is a historic yeah. black community for sure. And he's he's came in and done, I'm talking about, an amazing job, man. If y'all in the Baton Rouge area or anywhere close, definitely ride through South Baton Rouge and see the, see the things that he's doing and the things that he's continuing to do in this area for sure. Um, when it comes to real estate and everything like that, you know, I know you, you, you got started because you, you know what I'm saying, education and ownership. Um, how did you get to this level that you are now? Because, like, uh, I, I'm not going to lie, I'd be baffled. Like, I think I know some stuff sometimes, and, you know what I'm saying, I come around people like you, and, you know, just people that have been doing things a little bit longer than I have, and I'm talking about mind blown. I'm like, I've seen this man write up a mortgage before. I like, you know, you can write a mortgage up unless oh, you write a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> mortgage. Never a mortgage. <laughs> this boy just be doing anything. So how did you get to the level where you understood the ins and outs of this game? Not to cut you off, we just seen him uh, turn up on an appraiser. Oh, for sure. <laughs> turn up on the appraiser too, man. I mean, he be doing it all. I like every time. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, every <laughs> every time I think about, like, I think I. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I got a little handle on something. Okay, I feel like I can maneuver a little bit. I learned a good bit from him. I turn around, he doing something else. I'm like, bro, you writing a mortgage? What? In what? So <laughs> how did you get to the point where you, you know what I'm saying, you learn how to finagle and move and understand this game like this? Uh, I mean, understanding that every day is about learning um, and that, like, you know, um, being able to humble yourself and saying, I don't know it all. I think that's a big part of it. Next. And saying, hey, every day I have things to learn. Um and I think another part of it is um, just realizing that um, we have such a um, access to information these days that oh, like you really absolutely. can like you can Google anything, you know what yeah. I mean? And I learned most things about Googling and, and reading and um, understanding that like if someone else is able to do it, whether it's a bank or you know talking about mortgages, yeah. it's like well banks write mortgages, so it's like you know there there's something something out there that tells you what's in those mortgages, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Just, you know, and always just continuing to, to, to like, I want to access information and, you know, saying just for me, not knowing or not trying to learn is just not good enough. And I think, you know, that's one thing I always try to tell myself is, um, like, be better than yesterday. And yeah. being better than yesterday, one of the things being better and than yesterday for me is having more knowledge and more information than yesterday. If, like, I lived 24 hours and I didn't gain anything um, gain any knowledge or how to do so or a better way of understanding things like um, like I didn't get the most out of that day and I think you know it's all about all us maximizing you know that time that we have here who that we don't know when it's going to be you know over so like I, I look up wake up every day man just trying to continue being better than yesterday and like always you know looking to gain more and that, that was something I actually kind of picked up from Nick Saban back when I was younger um, it, for real, for real, it was the same. He said he was like, "Be you either get better or you get worse every day," and that, that's something that I heard from him, and it stuck with me back when I was in like middle school. And that's the day you knew you weren't going to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> man, heard about the process. <laughs> no, I actually felt like man, Alabama was dope. I would have loved to have gone to Alabama, but it wasn't about. I don't know. I just did a lot of stuff that wasn't smart. You know what I'm saying? I was. I realized as I got older. I thought I was as focused as I was, I was supposed to be to, to be able to get to the next level to do stuff. I definitely was not as focused as I needed to be. Um, but that's just stuff you learn, you know what I'm saying, as you get older. And now I can apply that in different aspects of my life. So the businesses and stuff that I have, yep. learning, getting better every day, you know what I'm saying, acquiring mentors and stuff like that to learn from and, and get better every day. So it's definitely about bettering yourself every day, like AK said. You know, you got 24 hours, you 
And you're either going to get better or you're going to get worse. So, for sure, for sure. Facts. What's the, um, what's the most memorable moment on your journey so far? Because I know you just got the 40 under 40. Yeah, last yeah. night. Congrats, congrats about that. I ain't need them people to validate. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I, I think things that are like memorable for me is like, um, like you know, and it's not really like just like always like one event. It's like not, you know, like um, like getting to work with my parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every day, like so that's like not just like one event. That's like you know something. And I think it's um, like what's memorable, like what what's memorable and impactful and like like. It like makes me happy. I think it's like um, being able to visualize these things and execute, and then they come. They come into fruition. Yeah. Um, you know. Station. Yeah. You know. And then you know, and being like intentional about like that life I want to live, and then like creating that, and like yeah. you know, being able to continue to do that. that. And then like, because like something I I especially like twenty five thirty getting going into my thirties. I'm thirty five now. Um, I saw you know I would say to myself. Uh, you know, you see people you go to school with, you know, they're, they're always supposed to throw back Thursdays. Like, their high school and their college times was like... That's their like, best time. Yeah, the best yeah. time of their life. And, I, you yeah. know, I, would, I literally would say to myself, like, I didn't want Stanford, graduating from Stanford, to be, like, the creme de la creme of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that that's the thing, like, you know, in my 50s, you know, that I'm still sticking on. Oh, I went to Stanford, like, you know, because that's, like, the greatest right. thing that I've been a part of. Right. Like, because, like... Typically, like what people want to talk about is like the like the the time they were great or the time they were part of something greater, you know. So I, you know, since Stanford is seen as like with such status and such greatness, so I'm gonna tell like of my association with that because like, but no, I'm always for me it's always been like I'm gonna keep creating these great moments, you know, and cre- keep creating this life that I want to live. Um, and like that's what's gonna continue like bringing me happiness, and like yeah. my happiness won't be coming from like I don't never post like throwback Thursdays of me playing football because like that was a chapter in my life I enjoyed it I have great memories from it, but it's done. Yeah, like, I feel I, you that. know it's over. Like you yeah. know I don't want to go play ball. People always say like you don't never think about it again. No, I don't want anyone to fucking tackle me. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> thirty five. I'm tired of being hit. Man. Yeah, bro, please do not touch me. Oh man, he's speaking truth though. No, that's fact. I know a lot. We know a lot of people who we went to school with. It's just like, man, you remember that party we went to, man? That shit was crazy. I'm like, yeah, but you know, I want other shit. Yeah, yeah I'm like, trying to. I'm still. I'm trying to go to a greater party. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I was. I'm trying to like do something. Like I did live and you know live on Sunday. I'm trying to go to Bizza now. Like yeah, I, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like I'm oh, trying yeah, to. For sure. Like, I'm like, trying to do something and like see what that be like. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to go to Budapest, Tokyo, all that, man. Yeah, like, trying to trying to definitely travel. Um, get to the point where. Kind of like how you, we, me and you was talking the other day, you know what I'm saying, where you could wake up at 10 a.m. and go jogging. Yeah, if that's what I want to do, and that's what my happiness is in that season. Yep. You know, 10 a.m. Just, just wake that, up, 10 a.m. and go jogging. That might be, if, if I need that break, and I, I that, you know, might be my happiness for a season, I want to be able to go do that. Right. Okay, the freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah, just yeah. be able to get just to get up and go jogging at ten. Not saying that he, that's what he wants to do. Yeah, it was just to, like the freedom aspect. To be yeah, able yeah, yeah. To just go do that whenever you want. You know, without having to worry. I like, damn, mm-hmm. what I got to do today? Right. Yeah. Or I got to go do this job, or I got to go. You know, what I'm saying, make this happen, or I got to go whatever. You know, what I'm saying, definitely want to be able to just get up and move how I want to move. You know? Yeah, for sure. Because what he's saying is true. Because people. If once they graduate high school or college, that's their greatest memory until they have a child, and then that child becomes their greatest memory or their greatest thing because that's all they have. No disrespect to people with kids, but that's yeah. 
who don't further themselves and have a growth mindset, but it's like, you're more than what you think you are in your environment. I always say yeah. that in, probably in every episode. Like, please leave your environment and get a new aspect of life because yeah. wherever you at, like, I'm from New Orleans, grew up, all that, y'all know the story. So, you know, seeing AK, my mentor Julian, how they operate, and Julian not even from New Orleans, that boy is from Oakland. So yeah. it's like, it's just good to have people like that in your circle and in your life that just show you a different aspect of how thing is. And AK from, he from the hoods, well, I'm not gonna say from him, but he from BR, so it's like, yeah. you know what it is, but he left and got a different aspect, and that's how he became yeah. the man he came today. So that's all I'm saying is, man, just get a different reference point, because that shit matters. And I mean, even going back to that is, don't put yourself in situations where you even gotta lie and say, you know, some of these things that are not even being great experiences are great because like, I'm not creating that life I want to live. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen people that tell me like their kids, kids are the greatest shit ever. And then I'm like, well, you're struggling to raise them. You're always complaining about how bad, you know what I mean? And to the point it's like, is this really that great of an right. experience? Right. Like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, because just because you had this kid that you wasn't intentional about and didn't right. have any strategy and now you and this person are not together yeah. and like, really, this shit sounds like a headache. Yeah, and like, real. you know, but then I have to lie to myself and say it's this great experience. And like, you know, my having this kid changed my life when it's like, really, this shit sounds, you know, it's not yeah. really that yeah. great, but it's like, I'm not creating those experiences and those memories I want to have. So yeah. literally it becomes a thing, I'm, I'm literally lying to myself. Every day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like we say, we say that kids, we say that, you know, you know, weddings and all kind of mm-hmm. things. It's like, hey, if you don't do these things, or like, where you you're able to do them, are you able to afford to do them? And like, you create problems in your life, and then you get say, hey, man, that was the greatest experience of my life. The wedding you're still paying for, right, <laughs> right. like or the wedding that, like, you know what I mean? Now after five years, I'm not even with this person. Like, right. you know, like it's like let's let's create, let's be intentional, and let's you know live in reality and really create that life we want to live instead of creating a life where literally we have to lie to ourselves to say that this shit's making us happy. Right. And niggas do that all the time Facts. on a daily basis. And it's gotten worse with social media. Cause I mean, yeah. you can just put whatever you want on there and that's and nigga, your life. Yeah, nigga gonna believe it so, for sure. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I know a nigga right now who is a, a fashionable basketball player <laughs> <laughs> on IG, but that nigga is not hooping in real life like that. So it's like, nah, it's just a facade, man. Like. Yeah. Ash Cash told me one time, I was talking to him one time, he was like, man, IG the club. Like, yeah. IG the club, man. Niggas just pay to get up in there, see the women, all that. He was like, man, but niggas gonna do whatever they wanna do to get to them women too. So he was like, man, you gotta watch yourself. And I was like, damn, that's actually true, Ash Cash. Yeah, I never thought about IG as the club. That's crazy. Damn, you pay to get in. People go be at the club dressed up in their yeah, dress. that's what I'm saying. Hey, yo, that's wild. That's wild. Speaking of all that, man, speaking of memories, all that, man, with something and being from the hood, BR, all that, man, with something people seem to mis- to misunderstand about you? Um, I mean, I don't even sometimes really care to always be understood. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I mean, because at the end of the day, too, I'm, um, I'm one of the people that I do want to have my private privacy and live my life. Um, yeah. And, like, I never did it to, like, for the notoriety or anything. Like, I did it, like, like figure out what my purpose and like to be able to impact people and like um that's who i am and that's like you know what i mean and that's all i want to be um yeah. and you know if, if things certain things i do understand is um gonna come from that um but yeah i don't know i mean <laughs> crazy i'm not even from I'm, i grew up in a little small town called marganza to like you know elementary middle school 
um, real poverty. Like my grandma lived in like a double wide trailer. You know what I mean? Oh, it was damn. eleven of us. Um, my mom had me at seventeen. So like, I've, I'm a kid, and and by the, but I will say by the time I was in high school, like we did live in the suburbs. So you know, I look at that, you know, as a kid to seeing both sides of the yeah. track. Yeah. Also look at that as like my parents are part of the black flight that we didn't need from our community. So like, you know, I always tell my pops like. You know, one of the first, we first lived in Mall City, then we lived in Chippewa like, 38. Um, and I always tell, you know, um, like, my pops, like, the look, the kids in Mall City needed him as a mentor, not the, like, white kid in Oak Hills, the, like, where my parents live, live now. Yeah. Um, and But, like, understanding that dynamic, understanding that, like, hey, my parents did do the best they could, and they did what they thought was right. right. And they, do, they also thought they were doing what was best like for their kid, you right. know, to yeah. put me in a better situation. But understanding that, like, hey, what what making that, what people like my parents continuing to make the decision that they made to go <clears throat> to move the way they moved, you know, what that has resulted in when looking at communities like yeah. South Baton Rouge. Yeah. No, that's crazy, yeah. though. And, it, and what's crazy is about that is, like, you know, um, we all have our own perspectives of things and everything like that, especially looking back. Like, I don't think there's any child ever that just, like, loves everything <laughs> their parents did. Um, but, you know, talking to my, like, even talking to my father coming up now, I, I respect everything that he's done because, like, I can say without a doubt that he did it with the best intention in mind. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you my bad. I'm hurting for a second over here. No, but he did it with the best intention of mind. You know what I mean? Like he Facts. he did it with what he thought was the best move at the time, whether it was or was not. He, I mean, he didn't know. You know, what I'm saying? He was I mean, the reality is, man, you look at you know people like our parents, and especially the generation that older than my parents. I mean, they were moving to areas that were literally just created, right? You know what I mean? Like they didn't know, like you can't say what his what the experiences yeah. was going to be like for black folks, yeah. you know, and what's now, you know, St. George because it was really being created then, you yeah. know what I mean? So like that's a, another reality of it. Yeah, yeah, back then, like my grandparents got married at sixteen. My grandma was sixteen. My grandpa was eighteen. So it was like, man, and she had Super my father young. at sixteen. No, she had my aunt at sixteen. Had my father three years later. So it was like. It was yeah. legit survival. Yeah. Like AK said, it was going to trade school back in the gap, like straight out of high school. Well, in high school, they was in trade school. Yeah. So it was like they was going straight to work. Yeah. You know what's crazy about that, though? Like, was really wild um, listening to different people. Like, I was listening to the Dr. Umar interview. And, and even looking back, like at Southern Lab, we used to have trades and stuff in school. And they yeah, took they all take it that out of school. Because it was keeping the black community afloat without needing assistance from white people. I mean, and, and this, the, 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 the college, everybody must go to college was really, really well marketed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, that, that was marketed and really sold to, you know, our folks of what success would be. And you know what I mean? And, like, also it's it like, work. Uh, it's almost it's like a... A reverse psychiatry of like we literally fought to be part of it, yeah. And like they used it to, to you know, I mean, our workforce was is created from the public education system, yeah. You know what I mean? You go to work for eight hours, you go sit at school eight hours, yeah. I mean, literally, there's so many similarities between how public education is and like what we wanted our workforce to be till COVID hit, like, yeah. which has now totally changed that Facts. dynamic. Yeah. Niggas, not, um, niggas not with it no more. Yeah, like, yeah, so, nice. I mean, so, I mean, we, we're living in interest. I mean, we literally live, you know, it's, it's before COVID and post COVID. Now, I mean, that's that's the that's the world we live in. And like, that's how you make, uh, the, uh, the of how things are in certain industries, restaurants, mm -hmm. 
pre-COVID, post-COVID, how restaurants handle yeah, right? retail. Have you know what I mean? Like yeah. it totally changed the dynamic of um, industries. Yeah, education for sure. I said, what was that? The first episode we was talking about, I was like, school's a prison. Like high school, it's a prison. Like I mean, people paid literally during COVID fifty thousand dollars to go to Stanford and Harvard and place to go, you know, the live stream. You know what I mean? Like yeah. think about that dynamic. <laughs> like wasn't much. Well, oh, they made some bread. But wasn't much different than their experience than like going take you know Harvard online classes, right? Like, I mean, so like, how do you now keep that education um, price that where it is priced? That oh, like, yeah, if yeah, I can yeah. access that same stuff this kid is getting on his Zoom, you know, right. through you keep that going, price, you know, yeah. I mean, all right, every, everyone can access that Zoom, right? Yeah, and we got a homie that's in college. He told me the link, and it's over with. You know, yeah, so how right. do you keep that price tag on that like that? That's real. Nah, school should just be free all around. That's my opinion, but. Yeah. That ain't gonna but, never happen. You know, it's crazy. No, something, something. Uh, speaking of the question, we said actually, what's going to be something that people misunderstand about you? Um, just from like my being around you and everything like that, I think people feel like, you know, what I'm saying because of where you are and the, the the amount of work that you do and the people you touch and everything like that, I think they feel like you'd be a more agreeable person, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, which is funny though, because like. I, and I really respect that about you. Like you're gonna be yourself authentically through and through. And you don't care who's coming in, who t- you oh, talking yeah. to. Like, me, my yeah. For real, like authentically himself through and through. I'm talking about like, first time I met him, came in. He was like, man, sit down, chop it up. Ooh. He's still doing his work. You know what I'm saying? Answer the phone call. Like, let me know. And then, and just like being his real self all the way through and through, as opposed to like. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. Know, to quote my good brother Dr. Umar, his coon chip is not activated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's like. Um, I don't know how I could be happy having to be somebody else every day. Yeah. Um, um, and like, that's the freedom to be able to be myself is like one of the things I work my ass off for. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, and that's that's a very important part of my like happiness. Um, I don't want to have an avatar. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I want to be able to do the things that, you know, I like doing. Um, right. And, and, that's what you know uh, and me and julian talked about this talk about this kind of like like that's what freedom is like um yeah. when i can live the way i want to live spend the way i want to spend and you know impact and empower those i want to impact and like um not get impacted by what typically turns into like traumas like you know you know when you don't have grandma need to you know be in a nursing home but you ain't got money to help you know grandma yeah. that like that turns into like family drama but like if i have abundance where I can set grandma up to not even be in that situation. Right. Like, um, it it allows me to protect my peace and, and like and like for me that's freedom. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Yeah. One of, one of the quotes I got from you, <laughs> yo, I don't even know if you knew I was like catching this from you, but that boy said somebody asked him something about doing something for some people. And he was like, man, we spend all our, we spend all our lives trying to make them boys feel comfortable, man. Them boys, they gonna be comfortable. Are they gonna be uncomfortable around me if they're gonna be uncomfortable around me? Like I'm I'm gonna be comfortable. I'm tired to try to make them feel comfortable. I was like, man. Was he was this uh targeted towards white people? Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. yeah that's how I feel. Well, and my thing is like um people in general, but you know. <laughs> you know, it's like and it, that that's one of the things that like I don't wanna be able to build build companies where people look like me. Um, are, un- are I mean are comfortable in being who they are. And they, yeah. they're able to grow in who they are and like literally like, I mean, I've seen, I've seen people in the carpet world where literally live 20, you know, work 25, 30 years um, being, having, knowing they have to be somewhere else every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, then never being in a position of, of power 
to like be themselves and then empower the people under them to like be able to be their selves. So it's like I'm almost empowered, like the uh, are showing the next generation to be successful that like I have to be fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, you ain't got to tell people all your business. I have people all in your personal life. But it's like, shit, I'm a better come in here and know that, like, I'm, I don't, I, I'm going to talk the way I want to talk. I'm going to interact with the people. You know, we're, we're and we're going to be, you know, feel comfortable around each other. Yeah. You know, as, as black people. And that I think that's, way, like, that's important. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. a way better work, work environment. Yeah. Make it feel like a family and, and nothing's not forced. No, nothing is forced at all. And then it also allows you to see, like, you know what you, you, you're going to get who you're going to get. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah. you know, in the corporate world, somebody might be having a bad day, they're going to snap, oh, man, I'm sorry. They can show their true colors. Right, and their true colors come out. Like, in here, like, you're going to get what you're going to get, and you know it. There's no surprises. Like, it is, he is who he is. You know what I mean? So that's what that's one thing I really, really do respect about it. And it was get so you, dope. Look at you, boy, having a mentee moment, boy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, it was dope, for real. Because, like, I mean, think about it. Because, like, for me, always being in um, that environment, I've always wanted to – like it's gonna sound kind of cocky, but I always knew I was gonna be wealthy, so I always knew I was gonna have to deal with yeah, certain type of cocky, people. Okay. Don't you know, don't uh, dim your light, man. You cocky, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's real. That's real. But no, I always knew I was gonna be wealthy. Um, so I knew I, the the environments I was gonna have to be in and the people I was gonna have to be able to maneuver around, and then to see him doing that authentically as himself in those yeah. environments with those people, and I was just like, man, yeah. Remember, remember when you used to be? I used to be like, man, why you kind of coolness, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Right, I mean, because you learn as a as a as a black person, you know what I'm saying, code switch, and you learn how to code switch, you learn yeah, how to yeah, do move that. and maneuver in those environments, and like, um, you know me, yeah. But being able to but being able to see somebody actually like that's one thing being saying it like cool, you know what I'm saying, but you don't never know how somebody's gonna act in that environment until they get there, and then being able to see somebody in person like right next to you act 100 percent himself in that environment with I don't care who it is, millionaires, billionaires, congressmen, congresswomen, like. No matter who it is, that boy is still him. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, all right, boy. That's lit. That <laughs> <laughs> there lit, boy. Man, what is speaking of uh, your your mentee over here? Mm. <laughs> 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 what is something that you are really passionate about that doesn't get talked about as much? Um, I'm passionate about man. I love shoes. I love. That. I'm definitely passionate about shoes. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with youth sports. Um, um, I, I think too is like something I'm, not, I guess, passionate and still trying to figure out like what's like my 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 impact gonna be for like the black athlete. Um, you know what I mean? I've did. I've worked in the sports management world. I have an AAU program now, a, a seven on seven program. But I can still say like I don't really know how that demographic. Um, that I'm so closely tied to that, like, how I'm truly going to, like, what's going to be my impact? Like, um, is it going to be, you know, investing and getting these kids and investing? Is it going to be some type of education? Like, I don't know yet. Um, and, yeah. like, um, that's kind of something I'm passionate because it's, like, I like figuring out those unknowns and, like, figuring out, like, a solution. Um, because I think the the black athlete, the phenomenon that the, the black athlete and the amount of wealth that is blown through the black athlete is something yeah. that, like, I truly want to impact on that issue, but like yeah. I don't know what my solution is, and I don't, and I truly don't think like my AAU program or my seven on seventeen, like I don't think that's that that's it yet. So right. um, I'm still eager to figure out like what that's what that solution is gonna be. Yeah, that's gonna okay. that's gonna take a minute. Yeah, that's gonna be dope. though. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm support that for sure. For sure. I've got man, what? Because 
If I have a black athlete, because I do plan on having kids and shit, I'm like, hey man, you saw what AK doing over there with mm. them black athletes? Yeah, for I real. I need your ass to go get pay for that program. Yep. Yeah, yeah. hey get brother, in get in there. That's if you want to play basketball, football, or whatever. But you know, all right, mentee. <laughs> so our next segment is this or that. Um, you already know what it is. So um, give him two options, and he picks out of the two. So we gonna start off something like uh, book a movie. 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 Um, football or basketball. Basketball. Oh, for real? I knew he was going to choose that. For real? Most football I mean, players love basketball. I mean, true, yeah, but, uh, you know. Um, Tulane or Stanford? Definitely Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just was there for grad school. I have, like, I mean, I played, like, playing ball at a place and, like, what you give, like, as a football player, especially. I mean, I did five full years. I did my red shirt year and then four years. So, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. blood, sweat, and tears went to went to Stanford. So, um, and, like, that's where my connections are. That's the teammates I talk to yeah. um, still to this day. So, definitely Stanford. Was Andrew Luck your quarterback? Andrew Luck was a freshman when I was a senior. So, oh, he didn't, okay. he, if he'd have played, we probably won a lot more games. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, you had um, Richard Sherman was there, too, when you was yeah, there. Sherman was a corner. I mean, Sherman was a receiver when I was there, though. He still was yeah, playing offense. Damn, man. That boy quick, huh? <laughs> um, so residential or commercial real estate, which one do you like dealing with more? Um, I think, I mean, I, I was, I have like no preference in it. And I think it comes to like, like developing, like, um, I think commercial, mm-hmm. like as far as like what I would enjoy, like, you know, as far as like, what you can do, like developing like single family houses yeah. on the creative side, you can't do it multifamily usually. Right. So like, as if it's like just like I want to do some dope shit, it's yeah. gonna be a scene because like you yeah. you can't do like you don't see like two hundred unit dope ass like loft nah, you know where exactly. like we doing stone you know and we're doing you know oh you just can't yeah, that, that has yeah, to be yeah. a single family house right. where you can get the most creative. Yeah, I mean, could you do it with a commercial side though? Say you say you say money was no no factor. Yeah, I mean, but it, 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 those are that demographic of people that then I'm renting or I'm, I'm renting to is like, that's not where I want to be. I feel that. I feel that. All right, so crypto or the stock market? Crypto. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think, why crypto? That boy, no um, hesitation. Because I think it's, it's the, the unknown, and I think the, the, the stock market is what the stock market is. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've seen, you know, I mean, we've, you know, the stock market was something revol- that was revolutionary and like, the 40s and 50s, yeah. you know, and it, and it had its purpose of what it did to like inject capital. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for um, people that look like us yeah. and the, them learning about the stock market. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, crypto, NFTs, digital real estate, um, there's just so many unknowns out there that like I, I, I'm excited to be living at the time that like that we're developing these things, it's basically uh, the new stock market. It's basically <laughs> the new internet, boy. Crypto is crazy. Hey, y'all, if y'all not into crypto, go do some research right now. You can purchase digital land. You can get insurance. You can get bro. It's, it's why it's so a whole new world. It's a, definitely go look into it for sure. All right, so then we got top five. So top five real estate developers. Top five real estate developers. Mm-hmm. No particular order. Um. Man, I'm gonna go with like people like I know. Like I don't, cool. it, yeah, it doesn't, you know, so like I mean, College Temple for what he showed me, you know, as a black man, you know, being able to own real estate. Um you always gotta look at the the legendary people like Don Peoples and stuff like that. So, you know, I think that's top of the food chain there. Yeah. Like, 
what you're expired on to, you know, that's a guy that really tapped into that institutional side. Yeah. Um, Jay Morrison for what he was able to do as far as the crowdfunding, bringing, you know, pools of people that look like us together. Um, gotta, gotta give my guy Julian a shout out for what he's been able to do, um, not only on development, but I think that the special thing about Julian is like the educational side of yeah. it. Um, yeah. And what he's been able to do, like, as far as like developing his own stuff, but also empowering um, those uh, people around him. To, you know, um, and then I'll say lastly, uh, I love what Chris Senegal is doing in Houston, mm. both on the, you know, bringing pools of money, um, being a person that's, you know, has, you know, some, you know, roots and stuff in Louisiana with going to Southern and stuff, yeah. but being able now to take that to a major city and, you know, being, you know, a real player, you know what I mean? But also, you know, bringing people along on the passive side to be able to invest and empower him to continue doing what he's doing. That's dope. Oh, for sure. Okay, so top five. Now we can go basketball players. Oh man, Jordan's the goat. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I grew up in the. I grew. I mean, I grew up in the era like where Jordan. Um, and I think, um, I I say people are the goats for different things. You know, and yeah. I don't think you know one person embodies like. I mean, Jordan changed the game, and he made it a global game, and he he also was That's the first correct. really put. Like the, the the business side, along with like taking this thing global. Right. Um, I think you look at um, LeBron in the sense of like he was that guy that like grew up in the social media era, was able to live up to the hype, and then not only live up to the hype, surpass the hype, yeah, and real. like totally changing like um, what the game, you know, what the game, you know, what's thought of an athlete and what he's supposed to do. Like on on the, the business side, and yeah. you know, then um, you know, and I think I even you know put Kobe up there in the sense of like Kobe was another one that like um, he did it his way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Business sticking with one team. Um, you know what I mean? Like all of those things, and I think all of those things is like what made those guys like special um, in their own way. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, and, I, and top we said top five. I think you got a, a guy that, like, I don't think the impact people really understand with him um, is Steph. Oh, yeah. And I think, crazy yeah. enough, um, I'll tell this as a guy being in youth sports, um, Steph has changed the way guys play oh, more, than, more than LeBron. Absolutely. And, like, KD. Because the other part of it is, even though he's 6'3", and that's still taller than most right. people, Steph is more relatable to, like, yeah. most other, yeah. like, most people as far as, most like... Most people see themselves. Yeah, like, see most themselves people... Still. There's a lot of dudes, dudes sitting on sofas every night that think they're not, because I've, I've seen stuff, I, you know, like, they like, oh, man, I'm more, I'm more athletic than Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, like, that's a... You can't look at a LeBron yeah. or a, a KD and be like, <laughs> you know, like... Them, they blessed. Them, them yeah. fucking dudes are unicorns. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's literally just, like... Physique alone, they're unicorns. Yeah. Like, KD's a real footer that, sh that plays like a, a shooting guard. LeBron is, like, literally, like, tight end. a tight end. He's Zeus playing basketball. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I think um, – All I got is both. <laughs> no, that's cool. But, I mean, the, the four you got are dope, and they're dope for the reasons that you said. Um, being able to see uh, – although it's dope that you have the reasons behind that for what you said. A lot of people just be like, man, Jordan's better than LeBron. He, he 
grew up in a different era. But I, and then this don't be the last one for top five. Is a uh, top five people you played against in college mm, that you was right. like, man, this nigga is good. Yeah. Did hey, he play when Tavon Austin was playing? No, man. I mean, the the most special <laughs> like um was Reggie. Reggie Bush was just. Oh. Reggie was, oh, Reggie was special. Hey, God, does he play the games, Reggie. Reggie was, <laughs> I mean, but that whole USC, it wasn't just Reggie. I, I would say, I mean, you probably can make a top five about that. Just that USC, USC team, yeah. like you know, when you go Reggie, you go Lindell. I mean, I remember, I think it was my sophomore year. Their linebacker core was, I mean, the the eyeball out that they ended up playing the end on the three four. Like the guy that wasn't talked about as much was Clay Matthews. Oh, so damn. you had, you had Clay Matthews. You had Keith Rivers, you had Brian Cushion, and you had Ray Malaluga. That was their four Damn. linebackers. On USC team. On USC Damn. team. And, that, and they were running a 3-4. I mean, then behind, you had a couple, um, you know, first rounders on the you know the D-line. And, I mean, then you had Terrell Brown in the secondary corner. Dude ended up winning first round. You know, um, so, I mean, that defense, they had, like, probably like seven or eight first rounders on it. Damn. Yeah. Um, you know, that's before you even talk about like Matt Leinard, Reggie Bush, Lindale, right. Dwayne Jarrett, you know, Winston Justice, that whole, you Them know. Niggas was they was They were loaded. They were loaded. They were super smart. No wonder them niggas got investigated. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> they paying yeah, the boys they, mad money. They, they was getting it done during, so, I mean, that team alone probably was, um, I ain't gonna lie, the, one of the, the most impressive outside of them um, man, the big dude from Oregon, um, man, big Samoan guy played D lineman. Um, I'm a D lineman. I can't even think of the, the cat name, bro. He was he played for the Ravens. Yeah. I know, I know. Oregon oh, got mad Samoans, though. he was Oregon, a legend yeah. for the Ravens. Yeah, the dude that played like nose guard for the Ravens um, came out of Oregon. I know exactly his face. Haloti Nada. Oh yeah! Oh, Haloti, 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 yeah. Haloti Nada was one of the biggest Man, human beings <laughs> I've ever seen. Like Haloti Nada sacked our quarterback one time by by throwing me into the quarterback. Real spill. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> he was blocking. He had a blocking yeah, side. Like you can look up some of his workouts. His workouts like are the thing with legends. Like I mean, like power clean like. Warm ups with like 405 Damn, pounds. He like, was a top 15 pick. Ups. Yeah, 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 yeah. was crazy, bro. Yeah, Lodinato was like one of the best. Like, I, I mean, literally when he wanted to like play, there was no block. You, could, you couldn't block him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and too, Lodinato, he was like also like top five in the country coming out of high school. Yeah. Like, he was a, like a big deal, big deal. Um, ended up going to Oregon. I think uh, he in the Hall of Fame, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the announcers, Lodinato. Yeah, them Oregon teams were good. You know, you had Patrick Chung. Those guys, um, they were good, but I'm uh, I'm forgetting a, a real grown man though, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> oh, you played with Marshawn? You played against me and yeah. Marshawn. No, we're, like we're the same, same year. We're oh, same year damn. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> you no, know, Marshawn might be a year younger than me. No, we might we might be the same year though. Um, but yeah, I played. Yeah, I mean, grown Shit. man. No, yeah, he's different. Real grown man. Um, so. So I would say, yeah, that those those are probably some of the some of the best. Um, Marshawn and then and, and, um, the Forsett kid that played running back with for Cal were really good. They were yeah. really good. I can only imagine, but Marshawn was crazy <laughs> in college okay. for real. Wait, when Tavon Austin played? Tavon Austin played like later, later. Yeah. I think he oh, played okay. like ten. I mean, he kind of the goat to me. Tavon, Tavon, <laughs> nice dog. You tell, you seen that little video? He wasn't good in college, but Gronk was good, was decent at Arizona. Okay. 
Gronk was pretty good at Arizona, but I mean, he didn't become Gronk to the NFL. Right. Yeah. I mean, but them USC um, teams. Uh, and you had to run against them boys. So, yeah, we had some. Uh, yeah, that, those are so. You know, I'm thinking the other the the kid that the the running back out of UCLA was super good. The little short kid played with Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, little little midget guy. <laughs> Man, I gotta pull this guy name up. What, what college you went to? USC, UCLA. Talking about the USC linebacking core, I see why he ain't trying to get hit no more. <laughs> yeah, they had everybody. And they playing three four. Man, loaded. UCLA. Maurice Jones Drew. Oh, oh. I was thinking him, but I didn't know yeah. what college he went yeah, to. Yeah, he went to UCLA. Oh, Maurice yeah. Jones Drew was really was, good. Yeah, yeah, he was really good in college. Yeah, he was really good. He was really good. That's crazy. Go ahead, wrap us up, one. That's crazy. But all right, so last thing we got for you on the show, um, what's a piece of advice that you would want to hear if you were somebody tuning in to this show. I mean, it could be any age, any age group. It doesn't really matter. Man, people, I used to say this, do what makes you happy. But I'm going to add something to that. Be intentional about creating a life you want to live that you are able to be happy. Um, and I think that's that's really important to figure out the things that like make you happy and then intentionally build your life that like you're able to do those things. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a person that, like, don't getting up and going straight to work in the, the morning, okay, build you a life where, hey, I might not need to be there at 11, and in the morning I'm going to meditate, I'm going to go work out, I'm going to do some of these things that, hey, that I enjoy more before jumping straight into my work day. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if I'm a selfish person and I like, you know, worrying about working out and focusing on myself, and I might not want to have kids early. You know what I mean? I might want to have, you know, Man, you know do some of those. And so I think, you know, being intentional about, like, creating that life um, you live that you are able to be happy. Definitely, man. Well, we definitely appreciate you for coming out. For sure. Joining us on the episode of Hypothetically Speaking. It's been a great one. I appreciate y'all, man. You know, anything y'all ever need, just let me know. For sure. We'll catch you on the next episode of Hypothetically Speaking. Peace.